0: This is The Rundown. Rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Live from the Auction Community Studios for the next two hours. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. Barry, I feel like it's been a while since we both just did this show. Who are you? Yeah,
2: it's just fair question I oh wait myself that you're luke because you're wearing all black
1: yes i wanted to make sure everybody could immediately identify me so i went back to wearing all black
2: uh how you been especially our listeners who can't see
1: yes but i feel like you can hear the all black wardrobe through the the
2: microphone through your soul <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah once we get into the second hour of the show you can hear it through my soul um how you been
2: oh you know fine <laughs> <laughs> There's still a pandemic going on. Oh, yeah, that's true. You can never really be like, how, how you been? Great. Really? You're great? What's wrong with you? Like, nobody should be great right now, to right? Be, to be fair, I, I'm okay. i okay. I'm I'm kind of a homebody anyway. I don't, like, go out all the time and party or whatnot. I don't know if you could tell. But uh, I'm okay. I've been okay with this stuff, but it's like the not being able to go to a restaurant like yeah. and be comfortable. Ugh, I yeah. hate that. I'm kind of over... I can't get used
1: to that. I'm over being, like, uh, freaked out when a person walks by.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm also getting... I, I'm over also seeing videos of people with no mask on and getting irritated. Yeah, because then it's like... I well, want that to stop. Yes.
1: How about we just get through this and we get back to when we can, uh, you know, start to be back. It, it's like Blade. Have you ever seen Blade with the when somebody walks by? They can the walk vampires? By yeah. And yes. It's like Daywalker and they just hide in the corner. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's felt like for the last year. It's great. We're coming up almost on a full year on Thursday. So
2: yeah, we're about a year you're, a year removed from when Rudy Gobert touched all everybody's microphones like yep. an idiot. Yep. And then he shut down the NBA by himself.
1: And now he's an NBA All Star. So look look how far we've all come. How dare he? It's how dare you, sir. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into the NFL. It was officially Tag Day, franchise tag, transition tag, any sort of tag you can think of. Um, the big news here, and I don't even know that it's necessarily news other than it just kind of it, it reinforces or confirms what I think most of us believed anyway Cardinals not going to franchise Hassan Reddick so um look it makes sense you weren't going to pay him 16 million dollars a year which is basically what it was going to take Adam Schefter was uh, was the, the the guy that we're referencing in our story on ArizonaSports.com so doesn't mean you you definitely don't get to keep Hassan Reddick but if any team comes along and offers to pay him a lot that's that's it and then, look if that happens then so be it you essentially traded Hassan Reddick for JJ Watt i'm a little torn on reddick but i'm not torn on not paying him 16 million dollars like i think he's a it's a great story uh from a cardinals perspective it's nice to see a guy you took in the first round start to pan out I do believe it can be it can be real and not just a fluke, not just a hey he had 5 sacks against a guy on the Giants that looked like he had never played football before and so there's 5 of his 12
2: and a half sacks. That's what you forget too. You just look at the 12 and a half yeah. number and you're like, "Wow, he had a great season." And then when if you do a little deeper dive, which a lot of people might not do, you realize he had 5 sacks in one game. Yeah. That's
1: insane. Five sacks in one game against a rookie offensive lineman. And when you say a lot of people might not do that deeper dive, just to be clear, you're talking about the Houston Texans or New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Those to me seem like the teams that'll be like, we're going to take, I can't you know, just see Houston be like, we're going to pay Hassan Reddick $18 million. We'll show the Twelve car. 12 and hands. a half, guys. 12 and a half. Go get him. Get him. <laughs> that's Back up the truck. That's just, that's but, just But bidding against but, but Nick. But Nick, we need to do, no, no, 12 and a half. <laughs> we'll show them. They can have JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins, but we're gonna overpay for Hassan Reddick. Um No, I mean I think there is there is definitely a a universe where Hassan Reddick just is good now. But what's gonna be a challenge for him if he doesn't come back to the Cardinals, and, and let's I mean, I don't I would I would put the odds that he doesn't come back as higher than he than that he does now, because usually there is one or two teams that are willing to overpay, and the Cardinals are not in this case. Um If he does that, I mean he's switching coaches and potentially defenses again, certainly defensive coordinators. So that was that was his issue for a while. And it you know, that's that's where I think a lot of Cardinals fans kind of felt for him once he started to produce this year of like, okay, you know, it does kind of make sense. We kept switching head coaches and defensive schemes and defensive coordinators on you, and that's one thing when you've been in the league for eight or nine or ten years. J.J. Watt coming to the Cardinals, I don't think he's gonna have a hard time adjusting to a new defensive coordinator, I mean, he knows Vance Joseph, but I don't think J.J. Watt's going to have a hard time adjusting to a new team. But when you are a rookie and and your team just keeps switching coaches and schemes, it makes sense why Hassan Redick struggled in retrospect now because he was good this past year. Like if he was still bad this past year, then it would just kind of be like, all right, maybe maybe this guy is just a bust. So it's it's very much up in the air. If he goes to another team... I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Like I said, in that case, you basically you basically traded Hassan Reddick for J.J. Watt this offseason. I'll take my chances with J.J. Watt. But I don't want to see him end up on the Rams or the 49ers or the Seahawks. I, I think he's good enough and has the upside still that I don't want to see him on one of those teams. Because I could absolutely see him coming back to just burn us on the Seahawks, blocking a field goal or something in, in Week 17. By the way, if that happens, it's not my fault. If that exact scenario happens, just forget you heard that on this show. So, yeah, he can just go play for Jacksonville or whatever, and and, and good for him if he gets paid. But, uh, you know, if, they, if they're able to, to bring him back, then, then good. I just, I, you start to look at how the players are going to have to pay. I'd rather have Patrick Peterson back, I think, at this point, than Hassan Redick. Uh, all right, let's get in to the Rapid Reaction. The Rundown
0: Rapid Reaction. Rapid Reaction. Rapid reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories.
1: Uh, we'll start in baseball, and Bear, I am extremely excited about this baseball season for one reason and one reason only. You have not been the producer of this show before when baseball season was going right. Like you came in towards yeah, that's the true, end, yeah. You came in at the end last year. I mean, you were here when <laughs> when Tampa Bay just decided to forfeit the world series to the dodgers at the end by pulling blake Snell, and then
2: yeah we're good gonna, yeah. you
1: guys can win this was a fun ride no big deal but i haven't done this show with you throughout a diamondback season so I'm, I'm excited for. oh that. that'll be fun for you <laughs> it will it will it'll be stressful but it'll also be fun uh luke weaver pitched today for the d-backs against the rockies three innings four earned runs um, you know, I'm not going to read that much into spring training. They did lose 11-4 to to Colorado. I really don't care about the result. I care more about individual performances. Christian Walker had a home run. Carson Kelly a home run. Luke Weaver in particular, Bear. What are your thoughts on him this season? What are your expectations for him this season?
2: Well, first of all, I, I care about the three home runs he gave up. Uh, yeah, that's an issue. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this year for Luke Weaver, I feel like this is his make-or-break year because he's been here for what now three seasons i know one of them was shortened and he wasn't i mean he was terrible last year he was awful but i feel like and him and even an extent carson kelly they need to show why the diamondbacks traded paul goldschmidt for them yep because luke weaver showed it a little bit a flash here and there when he first got here you kind of saw what what the organization probably saw in him, but then he got hurt and then he's never been the same after that. So I feel like this year in a somewhat normal in terms of length, 162 game season, we're actually going to have, I think he needs to, I think he needs to show why he was traded for probably one of the best players that this franchise has ever had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the face of the franchise and, and, you know, other than, other than Luis Gonzalez, Paul Goldschmidt up to that moment at least would have been the second face of the franchise. Like I know Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling were a huge part of winning the World Series, but they, those guys had had been on so many different teams. Up till the moment Paul Goldschmidt was traded, he'd only ever been a Diamondback, so yeah. Uh, we'll get more into baseball later on in the show. Pac-12 tournament begins tomorrow. If you went to ASU or you're an ASU fan, I went to ASU. I've been uh, ready for this regular season to end now for about a month. Because I want to see what they can do in the Pac-12 tournament. This is one of the most underachieving uh, ASU basketball teams since I can remember. Um, And some of it's not their fault. Some of it is their fault. They're the eighth seed in the Pac-12 tournament. The only way they're making it to March Madness, where the the team with this much talent absolutely 100% should be, is if they now run the table over the next few days. they got to beat Washington State tomorrow. Game starts at, uh, I believe, 2 o'clock Arizona time. 1 o'clock Pacific is the schedule I'm looking at. But 2 o'clock Arizona, 8-seed ASU against 9-seed Washington State. They win that. They would play Oregon. They win that. They'd play the winner of Oregon State, UCLA. They win that. And they'd play the winner of six other teams on the other side of the bracket. But uh, they got to win out. And... um... (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to envision it in my mind right and I'm like is there a scenario where they could win out and that Oregon game in round two is kind of an issue but I'm like yeah, yeah I mean this team they could go on a run and then there's also that thought of or they could lose by
2: 15 tomorrow and be out before we start our show tomorrow I would like to say it's up to Remy Martin to to do that but even when he plays extremely well They've been so shorthanded this season with injuries to Bagley and Christopher and 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 some other guys. T- tayshawn Cherry hasn't played since December for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, so I would like to say, yeah, Remy Martin can carry them to it. And maybe he can, but he's going to need some help
1: he is he made the all pac 12 first team that was announced today but yeah he's going to need he's going to need Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley to play to the potential that has people thinking they could be first round picks in the NBA or at least they did think that he's going to need he's going to need help maybe he can beat a team like Washington State by himself but they got to win four in a row and um Yeah, they have the talent to do it. It's not like the Pac-12 is a dominant conference, but they haven't really shown anything to indicate they're going to do it this season. Uh, And hockey, the Coyotes, nice win last night over the Colorado Avalanche. I was in for a segment with Burns and Gambo earlier today talking about this. Gambo said it was their best win of the year. I I kind of agree. I do. Um, In doing that, they've beaten every team they've played this season now. The Coyotes are only going to play seven teams in their division, and they've beaten them all. And a weird stat that I found during the game last night, their most recent game against each team they've won all of them except uh, they lost to Vegas one nothing the last time they played Vegas that was like a month and a half ago and it was on a goal that actually shouldn't have counted in the final minute of the game it uh, should have been icing probably but so take that for whatever it's worth if you're a if you're a hockey fan or a coyotes fan it seems to indicate they're getting better the more times they see a team. Like last night was the third time they've seen Colorado this season, and they beat them. You know, they played St. Louis seven times. They beat them the seventh time. And they beat them some other times, too. But um, it does seem like as they play a team more and more and, and both sides are adjusting, the Coyotes are getting better. The flip side to that is they lost Darcy Kemper last night, and there's nothing official. I know Gambo was saying before he's, he's here in three to four weeks for Kemper. You know, in a regular hockey season, that is... 10 12 games maybe and your goalie's not going to start all 10 of those 12 games or 12 games or whatever in that in that stretch anyway but this season when they play like feels like the coyotes play like every 4 hours this season they um they're going to be missing Darcy Kemper now they are built to absorb this better than most teams Ronta right now is healthy and when he's healthy he's really good it's just a matter of You know, can you count on him to be able to to go most nights over the next month? If Darcy Kemper really misses a month, we'll see. Coyotes got a game tomorrow against Colorado, which is you know it's big, but the really big ones come up this weekend: Friday, Sunday, and next Tuesday against the Minnesota Wild, the team they'll probably have to finish ahead of to make the playoffs, and they're right there. I mean, the Coyotes are right in the thick of it. Like it's it's not just that they've beaten every team in the division the most recent time they've played them, except Vegas. It they're they're winning games. They're above five hundred. They are right there in the thick of the race, but going to get a lot tougher now minus Darcy Kemper all right when we come back this is crazy we just did a full segment didn't talk about the Phoenix Suns but we're going to and we're going to be talking about them a lot over the coming months the second half of the season begins tomorrow for them it begins Thursday have your expectations changed because I have that's next it's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Luke Lipinski back here with you. It is the Rundown. I think, I I'm looking through the show sheet that I wrote, so you'd think I'd already know this. Talking about every sport tonight. You don't often get to talk about all four sports with, like, with a with a really consequential conversation in all four of them,
2: they don't call this show the most versatile show in the world for nothing. Oh,
1: they <laughs> were just gonna say they don't call this show the most versatile show Period. in the world. <laughs> no, nope, it, it does. End of sentence. <laughs> I was gonna say I'd never heard that they had. Um, but yeah, we're we're all, have, all rumors start somewhere, right? That's true. What better place to start a rumor about your show than on your own show? Uh, We are going to talk Coyotes with Craig Morgan later on. We're certainly going to get back into the NFL, the impact of the uh, Dak Prescott signing. We haven't even... I finally, now, I'm used to calling him Dak Prescott instead of Dak Prescott because of Prescott, Arizona. But we got to start here with the Phoenix Suns. Dude, that...
2: (laughs) Being a native here, that's a huge thing. It is a huge thing. It's huge because I have a friend who is from Prescott. Yes. And when I first met him, he called it Prescott. And I'm like, you're from there, and you're wrong, (laughs) sir. (laughs) You're wrong. Take this and this. And now he doesn't call it that anymore. Oh, you're saying now he doesn't talk to you anymore.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, I... I I'm not from Arizona. I've lived here for a little while now, but when I uh, when I first moved here, I was like, "Oh, what is that? Is that Prescott, Arizona, up there?" And they're like, "Get out of the state right now! Go back to where you came yeah. from. Go back to your state. Nasty you call it Prescott." <laughs> um, so now I'm finally used to calling it Prescott. And then Dak Prescott comes along in the league, and yeah, thanks for that. But it's uh, okay.
2: He's a cowboy, so we don't have to take his. <laughs> That's true.
1: Word for it. Should be mispronouncing his Stack, name at all times. Stack Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to get into that. But for the Phoenix Suns, I was thinking about this the other day, and we haven't done this show, or I haven't done this show, since, the, uh, since we hit the All-Star break. The stat that really stood out to me, I brought this up with Vince Murata, on, when I was on Bickley Murata on, uh, last Friday. Suns are 24-11, and 11, so it took them 35 games to win 24 this year. It took them 58 games to win 24 last year. They didn't win 24 games the year before that, or the year before that. So if you're looking for a a pretty surefire sign of improvement, not like you need it because it's been so dramatic, just you know you can it's obvious with the eye test this year. But I mean that is a huge. You're talking about a team that didn't win 24 games in an 82 game season two seasons ago or three seasons ago, and even last year when they were improved, it still took them 58 games. They were 24 and 34. This year they're 24 and 11. I think they're going to make the Western Conference Finals. That is my thought. I understand in the in the playoffs, it's it, things got to break a certain way.
2: I don't know that they could go through the Clippers and the Lakers, and the, and the Suns are notorious for having things break their way. <laughs> That's true. So maybe maybe not. But uh,
1: yeah, I think they're going to make the Western Conference Finals. I think this team is is legit, and I understand that most people listening right now think this team is legit. But I think they have a lot of. Um, I, I don't want to say anything's foolproof because it isn't, but they have a lot of things in place that make me confident that they're not going to melt down on their own. Now, stuff happens. There's, you know, this is obviously a weird year. Teams just miss a week at a time. Uh, there's always the the injury factor. And I'm, I'm, those things aside, I'm just saying, if for the most part, if all the teams in the Western Conference get through the rest of the the season relatively healthy, which I know is, you know, that it never plays out like that. But I think this team is legit to the point where Monty Williams isn't going to let them have an extensive slide. Chris Paul's not going to let them have an extensive slide. And, again, Chris Paul's never won the title. So he has that extra built-in, like, yeah, guys, you know, I I know what it's like to win in this league because he does. And I know what it takes to win. But he also still has something to prove in a weird way. Like, he has nothing to prove as an individual, but he obviously wants a ring. Devin Booker has put up with so much losing that wasn't his fault that I don't think he's going to let them go on a on a big backslide. And I just look up and down the Western Conference. As much as I don't like the Lakers, that would still be my pick to win the finals this year over Brooklyn. I'm not going to pick against LeBron in the playoffs, especially not when he has Anthony Davis, who I think is one of the most unguardable players in the league when he's healthy. And... The Clippers are weird to me, but I understand that they, you know, they would be favored over the Suns in the seven-game series. I'd take the Suns over the Jazz. Um, I'd take them over anybody else in the West right now, except Denver is, Denver's tough. Denver, And look, the Jazz are are tough, too. But I think, I think the Suns are still going to get better. So... If they, like I said, if they finish, I don't know, if they, in a position where they, you know, they drop to like six or something and they have to play the Clippers in the first round, the Lakers in the second round, then, then, then no, they're not going to do that. But if it is, okay, they're going to play Portland in round one and maybe they. And maybe the Clippers and Lakers are playing each other, and and, and round two, and the Suns are playing the Jazz. I think they can do it. I think I absolutely think they can. This is Kevin
3: Pelton on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. They've got an excellent chance at this point, I think, of finishing ahead of one of the Lakers or the Clippers. The way that those two teams have scuffled a little bit, the injuries that the Lakers have had, and then just how well the Suns have played. And you know, I think there's there's a reasonable chance that you're talking about this is the two seed in the West having home court advantage in a potential conference semifinals matching as one of those two LA teams. Now, I mean, those LA teams, if they're healthy, are going to have more top end talent. They're still going to be the favorites in those series. But if you have home court advantage in the second round, you got a shot.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. And again, I want to be clear. I, I didn't just lose my mind on the air and say the Suns are the best team in the NBA. I'm not saying that. I, I but I do think they're. I just I have it's a feeling I have based on what I've seen this season, and also maybe things break their way in the in the playoffs. I, I think this team goes to the Western Conference Finals this year. Uh, all things being equal again, like if 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 somebody tomorrow is like, I'm not playing the rest of the season, well that that changes it. But um but that is contingent on not playing the Lakers before the Western Conference Finals. I think it I think it'd be Suns Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And like I said, I'm not picking against LeBron and Anthony Davis in a seven game series with anybody. I'd take the Lakers over the Nets as much as I don't like the Lakers. I don't really want to see Kyrie win another title either. Uh but the other thing that Kevin Pelton just said right there, home court advantage.
3: And... I have another clip from him real quick. If you look at, you know, this has been the lowest year on record in terms of home winning percentage, but if you look at that between the games where there have been zero announced attendance, maybe just friends and family and and members of the organization, in those games, home teams have been winning about 52% of the time. In games where there have been even just limited fans in attendance, that goes up to closer to like 56, 57. And, you know, it's a similar difference even if you account for the fact that Utah is one of those teams that's been having attendance all year and and obviously it's the best team in the league so it's a, a little bit biased from that standpoint but even if you account for the teams involved it shows up and I you know I'm also optimistic that as we continue vaccinating people that hopefully we can have larger crowds safely by the time the playoffs roll around
1: yeah because that's that's the other factor here to consider just on a local level and the Suns have some fans at their games right now there's a very real possibility that the NBA gets to the point, or the Suns, I guess, specifically in this case, gets to a point where they're able to add more fans to these games, and they're going to do it you know, only if it's safe, if, if the, the numbers continue to trend down and more people are getting vaccinated, which obviously is, is, uh, is the plan, there's a real good chance that the Suns are able to add more and more fans, just as this team makes the playoffs for the first time in a decade. So you want to talk about <laughs> an arena seeming loud, just because there's fans when there weren't fans before. Couple that with the fact that these aren't just going to be like fans that are, you know, there are, you see this in other, in other cities and other sports, you know, fans are kind of like, oh, this is, this is cool. We finally get to come back. Like, I appreciate sports. This is awesome. This is, this is going to be fun. It's not going to be that way for Suns fans. Suns fans are starving for playoff wins. You're going to let them back in the building. Hopefully we get to that point in the summer as the Suns are in the playoffs. And potentially hosting a first round series, even if you're not hosting, even if you don't have home court advantage, you're still getting three out of out of seven at home. Those games are going to be crazy. That arena is going to be crazy. And I don't know that it's going to be a hundred percent. But even if you're up at like fifty percent by then, and like I said, that's a lot of a lot of science, a lot of politics, a lot of other stuff that has to happen uh, to get to that point. But even right now, even if it's just the the three thousand fans. Put 3,000 Suns fans in an arena watching the Suns play in the playoffs for the first time since I can't even remember, and they have a good team. That is going to be quite the, uh, the way to get reintroduced to sports with fans in the building, is the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs. It's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Suns fans have earned it, and sports fans at this point over the last year have uh, have have waited for this all right we come back I do want to get into that Dak Prescott deal what exactly does that mean for the NFC I think in one team in particular it really hurts them it's not the Cowboys that's next it's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station
0: it's the rundown hosted by Luke Lipinski Luke I am your father 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station
1: You know, it's funny. I was looking at a lot of the stories on Dak Prescott and his new deal. And I'm trying. I can't find the exact one I was looking at. There's a lot of stories like this that are the the winners of the Dak Prescott extension. And um, the one I was reading before, winner number one was um, Dak Prescott. <laughs> you don't. <say. laughs> Did that really need to
2: be put on? paper he's like the richest guy in the nfl one of the richest That'd guys be in the awkward NFL. if a if a free agent signs or not a free agent whatever a guy signs an extension or a or a new deal and they put him as a loser yeah that would be, that would be. he reads that like, <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> yeah
1: this is um it's the shine nine on nfl.com and it is the biggest winners in dallas and across the nfl you could
2: have got 76 million in <laughs> year one dak
1: <laughs> you have failed sir um, yeah, $160 million Over four years for Dak As much as I like Dak, I like his story Getting to the NFL He's never won anything um, The few Cowboy fan friends I have Aren't real excited about this deal But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, it's funny uh, Reading through this story, and it's it's the winners Of the Dak Prescott deal And winner number one, like I said, is Dak Prescott But he does um, He does reiterate that After the 2016 draft, where Dak was the eighth quarterback off the board, Jerry Jones was mad that they couldn't find a way to move up to draft, Paxton Lynch. (laughs) And then later, they tried to trade up to get Connor Cook. So, you know, Dallas really shouldn't even be in this position, because they clearly didn't know what they had. I mean, look, every team passed on him a billion times, but... Um, yeah, they kind of won the lottery here. They also list Todd France as uh, his agent. Yeah, I assume he's doing pretty well for himself right now, too, and I'm not going to read them all. I don't really care about the Cowboys. But what I do care about is one of the teams that loses here, and this isn't in the story. I'm just piecing this together on my own, but Seahawks are losers here, right? I mean, that is one less place that they can realistically trade Russell Wilson and Let's be clear, Seattle's better off if they keep Russell Wilson, but it's getting weird. Like, they put out a team promo, Russell Wilson wasn't even in it. I mean, is there a player more
2: the face of a team than Russell Wilson? To be fair, I mean, it's not as much, it's not as crazy as the Seahawks leaving out Russell Wilson. But the Cowboys left Dak Prescott out of that hype video, too. It's true. So...
1: Maybe they couldn't afford
2: any more footage because
1: they were taking all the money and giving it to him. I, I don't know. You can
2: only make it 15 seconds. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all we can afford
1: this year. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. But to me, that like, you're right. At least with with Dak, it was kind of like, okay, are they going to pay him enough? What's going to happen here? He's coming off the injury. Like, they, they, there should not be any question in Seattle that Russell Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback. And when the season ended, it wasn't that long ago. Two months ago, did anybody really think like, oh, wait, um, okay, well, the Seahawks season's over and that'll be it for Russell Wilson. He'll be playing somewhere else next year. Not in a million years did I think that when the season ended. And yet these stories keep in these weird like kind of maybe they are signs, maybe this just a dysfunctional team right now. Maybe there's just a rift, you know, maybe we're reading too much into it, but stories keep coming up of, you know, yeah, I don't want to be traded, but here's the four teams I want you to trade me to if you do trade me. Uh, we were talking about that when I was with Vince the other day too. It's like it's like going to your wife and being like, "Honey, I would never, I would never date one of your friends." But if we do break up, here's the four I want you to set me up with. That's basically what Russell Wilson's list is like to the Seahawks. Well,
2: go- and I I heard Bickley and Murata talking about this today too. That all the most of the teams he put on that list, Russell Wilson, yeah. are teams that have quarterbacks <laughs> yep. already in place. I yeah. mean, the Saints are kind of they don't know what if Drew Brees is going to retire or not. The Raiders have Derek Carr. The Cowboys have Dak Prescott. Who was the other one? Chicago. They have Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, why would why <laughs> they
0: would have you Nick ever Foles?
1: Yeah, they got two quarterbacks. Come on. No, but I mean, those were the four teams, right? Dallas, New Orleans, Chicago, Vegas. That Russell Wilson said he'd be willing to go to, if, if Seattle has to trade him, the only one of those teams that made anything, any sense, any real sense. Was Dallas, they would get Dak Prescott back. And from a Cardinals perspective, I don't think Seattle would be as good. I think that's a step down from Russell Wilson to Dak. Not statistically, maybe, but just in terms of actually finding ways to win games, especially because I don't think the rest of Seattle is as talented as, as some other teams in the league. I think Russell Wilson covers up a lot of it. But if they do have to trade him, in theory, they only have New Orleans, Chicago, or Vegas now as trade partners. What quarterback are you getting back from any of those teams? Derek Carr, maybe.
2: The also, like, his his picking of those teams is weird. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, why, why would he pick Chicago? And then I'm like, and then I don't know the numbers or anything, but maybe he looked at all the offensive lines in the NFL. And, like, we all know the Cowboys, when they're all healthy, have probably the best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. And that's been his biggest complaint. To the Seahawks, like I'm getting sacked more than any other quarterback since I've entered the league. And I, I, again, I don't know how good Chicago, Vegas, and New Orleans' offensive lines are, but no, but I that think that just that's popped fair. in my head. Yeah, I think I think that that's uh, I'm trying to pull it. New up- Orleans has other weapons too, obviously. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara.
1: Yeah, I think with New Orleans, receivers. he's looking and, and saying, like, okay, that's a team I could win a Super Bowl with right away. I have I have pro football focus. They did their end of the year offensive line rankings, so let's just figure this out on the air right now. Ha-ha. They have the Saints eighth. Okay, they Top have wow. Well, they have the Seahawks fourteenth. So obviously Russell Wilson did not make this uh, <laughs> this list. <laughs> yeah, but these other teams like I am I'm still, still scrolling. scrolling. Yeah, the Raiders they have 24th. Okay, then
2: maybe that wasn't it.
1: Well, no, I mean the Cowboys they have twenty seventh, but that's based
2: on last year when everybody was hurt. Vegas, I mean his wife is a singer. There you go. So there's that aspect to it, maybe. Um, yeah, I think
1: Chicago. There's got to be some appeal of. Well, if I go to the Bears, I'm instantly the best quarterback they've ever had
2: before I take a snap. Huh. That's got to be part of it. But I just, also he wouldn't be in the NFC West. And he'd basically just be competing with the Packers. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of the
1: Bears team is pretty close to the rest of the Packers team. I would say. I think a lot of Green Bay, much like Seattle, is uh, is is quarterback play. So. Yeah, I don't know. But I, that's just, that was one of the first thoughts I had from the Cardinals' perspective on this. If Seattle does have to trade Russell Wilson, and now Dallas is off the table, now they have three potential trade partners unless they get really creative. And I don't even, but I mean, as far as getting a quarterback back from one of those teams, what do you want? Jameis? Do you want Trubisky? I would love it. If, if Mitchell Trubisky was the quarterback of the Seahawks next year, I suddenly feel very confident that the uh, Cardinals are making the playoffs. Oh, this is not the music I expected.
2: <laughs> this is under a music bed file named Beds Luke, so this is your stuff. Uh, it's not anything You're I the put only, in there. It says Luke Lipinski Music Beds. I, well, I'm, so I'm going to... This is your fault. I'm going to add some like
1: on my own. I didn't put these ones in there, but obviously I won't be taking this one out now.
2: Obviously someone thinks that this is your style, though. I, I guess so. Well, you got to remember, Jared Carlin was the original producer of this show. so uh, just, 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 just That yeah. would explain a lot.
1: Yeah. All right, we're going to get back into baseball here so uh bear get excited ain't no fang podcast how often you guys doing that now once
2: a week once a week either usually on thursdays is when we record but that sometimes has to change based on schedules and stuff
1: for people that don't know bear is one of the biggest baseball enthusiasts uh that does not translate into being a rob Manfred fan in fact, it's, no.
2: It's, I actually like the sport. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I can't like the sport and like <laughs> my, Rob Manfred at the same time.
1: It's like it's like one of those charts where, like, if 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 column A is going up, that means column B has to go down. It's the only way. If They're you like if you want to
2: permanently put runners on second base to start extra innings, and I'm not a fan of you. <laughs> sorry, I sorry.
1: Uh, okay, I'm going to play a Tori Lovello clip. He was on with Burns and Gambo today, and I don't want to speak out of turn here, but he's usually on with him every week during the season, so um I would assume that's going to be the case this season as well. And they asked him, a, how about just a, an overarching question? Now, the regular season starts April 1st, although it's baseball, so is that like a Rob Manfred, April Fool's joke, where April 1st can roll around and be like, actually, it's July again. Um They asked Tori Lovello, what have you learned about your team in about two weeks
3: of spring training? These guys are, are getting after it, and they're trusting their coaches, and, they're, and they are applying a lot of good, clean concepts, uh, and it's fun for us to watch. And simple things, just simple things such as alignment or positioning on defense. Some of the younger kids that had no idea about some of the concepts that we, that we believe in here and watching these guys go out and execute at a very high level and play fast baseball. After the first couple of games where I was a little bit disappointed with our defense, I think a lot of the things defensively stood out, but our guys are very trusting, and we're a good team. We're moving forward every day. We'll
1: obviously get you know more and more in depth on the D-backs as we get closer to the season. Um, where I am right now on this team is a very... It, it's not a complicated approach. Madison Bumgarner needs to be a lot better for me to believe they have a chance. And I think Torrey Lavello is one of the better managers in baseball. I do think they have some good pieces on this team. I think Mike Hazen's one of the better general managers in baseball. But they're in a division with L.A., and they're in a division with San Diego. And those two teams, you can make a case, at least on paper, the two best teams in baseball, and they're in the same division as the D-backs. So realistically, if you're going to make the playoffs this year, it's probably going to have to be as a wild card and there's just not a lot of margin for error when you are trying to compete with the entire national league for that final wild card spot or you know i'm not totally like how sold are you on san diego bear like the, the, the obviously they're a very good team but are you sold that they are just a lock
2: i mean anything can happen in 162 games yeah. i mean 2 years ago the washington nationals record at the trade deadline or halfway through was below 500 and they won the world series true so anything can happen but i will say san diego's tried this before this not super team quote unquote but they're actually assembling good players this time That's instead true. of james shields and matt kemp and the upton brothers didn't they they only had justin i can't remember they turned james shields
1: into fernando Tatis. Yeah, so i mean yes, and that so all was, worked out and, great yeah, Great idea. The difference is this time they have Tatis to build around. They didn't really have anybody they were building around last time, I didn't feel like. Like, they were just kind of bringing guys in. They have Tatis
2: in. and Machado.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they should be very good. They should be. They should be a 95-win team at least. I don't
2: think they're going to win the division. Because of the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers are just, I mean they are just constantly stacked it's crazy they're almost injury proof i mean i guess that's kind of where i was
1: going if if at the end of the season we're looking back and saying wow one of those nl west teams really underachieved it can't be the dodgers because they're so stacked at every position
2: think about this too like just proving that they got a kid named just our dustin may yeah uh who is ridiculously talented he might not make their rotation this year he would be the number one starting pitcher on so many other teams and he might not crack their rotation unless they go to a six-man rotation
1: and if you don't remember dustin may or if you don't think you do he's the one with the crazy orange hair that yes. you can't fit his hat on top. he throws so, 100
2: miles an hour yeah and the dodgers are like yeah if we had a seven-man rotation we could fit him in there it's, it's just, just insane every time someone gets injured on the team they're like oh we're just gonna call up one of our yeah. top 100 prospects <laughs>
1: <laughs> no uh, big deal. I hate them, but I also respect their their prospect. I don't I don't respect them going out and just buying players now, but I do respect their uh, their ability to draft and develop players. All right, enough of that. We come back. We're going to talk a little hockey with Craig Morgan, get his thoughts on what they do now minus Darcy Kemper and well, exactly how long is Darcy Kemper supposed to be out. That's next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to the show. Luke Lipinski here with you. Time to talk a little hockey. And when we do that, I like to bring on this next guest who I actually uh, host a podcast with here on ArizonaSports.com, Craig Morgan of AZ Coyotes Insider, joining us right now on the Coulter Automotive Group Line. Craig, how you doing?
4: I'm sorry, have we met.
1: Um, you know, it feels like it's been like a year since I've seen you, but I feel like we've met you.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a bad year. In fact, we're celebrating. I We're not celebrating, but we're honoring one year passing, right, of the, the last game of last season with the Coyotes in Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember. It's, yeah, road game was it was March 9th of 2020, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, I think it was the last time I ate out at a restaurant, actually.
1: Yeah, I think it was the last time I went to a grocery store. I do remember recording a podcast with you a day or two days later, it was right before everything stopped, and you showed yes. you showed up with pizza and hand sanitizer, <laughs> and I knew we were going to party.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that vividly. Thank you for bringing that up. It yeah. was Rosati's pizza, and yes, it was a, a big bottle of hand sanitizer.
1: <laughs> yeah, a big bottle of hand sanitizer and sadness. And as I recall, the lights in that studio weren't working that night either.
4: So it was just uh... yeah, we had like one light on. I think I think it was literally one light on
1: yeah it it was uh it was it was a preview of the upcoming year which now finally wraps up on uh, thursday and hopefully we start getting back to normal um okay so we are now a good chunk of the way into this coyote season not quite halfway but we are we're coming up on the halfway point big win last night over colorado they've beaten every team in the division at least once they're right there in the playoff race but we have to start in net what are you hearing as far as darcy kemper
4: well i'm hearing he's going to be out a while uh I don't think they have a fixed timeline on it yet, but it's at least two weeks. It could be as long as four weeks, Luke. Um, It's not a good situation, obviously, with a a shortened, condensed season. And they are uh, in a really difficult part of that schedule right now um, with this two-week road trip where they have to play Colorado a lot and Minnesota a lot. So it's terrible timing. It's never good timing to lose your starting goaltender, but this is going to be a major test for this team.
1: Yeah, the three games against Minnesota coming up this weekend or into early next week, those are probably the the most important games of the next month because you got to beat Minnesota, but like you said, they play Colorado four times in the next couple of weeks too. I want to ask about Auntie Ranta because every time I have this conversation with somebody who's just kind of casually following hockey and the Coyotes, I, I always seem to get the, the question back of, wait, so do we like Ranta or do we not like Ranta?" And it's a complicated answer, Craig. So why don't you enlighten us on, on how confident you are in Antiranta if he has to step in for, say, three weeks?
4: Well, you mean you mean have to be confident in Antiranta when he's actually in net because his numbers say you should be confident. He's been an elite goaltender when he plays. The problem is he doesn't play a lot. He gets hurt a lot. He's had three minor injuries already this season, and we know his history in Arizona. So when you're looking at a condensed schedule and a lot of games in a short period of time, Auntie Rouse is not going to be able to play all these games. They know that now. Rick Tockett talked about that today. They're going to have to manage this situation. So Aiden Hill is going to have to play some games as well. When this whole season started, I I, I talked to a few goaltending experts around the league, uh, Kevin Woodley, Kevin Weeks, uh, Jamie McLennan were three of them, about the goaltending situation in this division. And they all felt that one through three, the Coyotes had the best goaltending situation in the division. Well, that's going to be put to the test right now because – Auntie Ronta and Aiden Hill are both going to have to play a lot of
0: games. Yeah,
1: and it's a good point, too, because usually goalies, you don't care one through three. You only care one and two at the NHL level. But with the craziness of this season, that third goalie comes into play, we've already seen it. Aiden Hill, you know, even Aiden Hill, if he has to be your number two for three weeks or whatever – and I feel relatively confident in him, but, you know, like you said, this, the schedule's going to get tough here, and they're in a tough division too. Um, I want to ask you about some of the other players, what we've seen so far from them this season, and I want to start with Jacob Chikrin, who it's funny, at the time when the Coyotes signed him, I know you and I talked about it, and we love the deal. You're getting a guy with, with, with huge upside at $4.6 million a year, and you're locking him up for a while. I know there was people that were kind of like, yeah, what are you signing him for? He's you know He's been an injury risk up at, at that point. But, Craig, now you have a guy that is looking like one of the best young defensemen in the entire NHL signed to a ridiculous deal through 2025.
4: It's funny you mention him because I'm writing something on him this week. Uh talked to him today. I, I actually talked to Tim Bernhardt, their former director of amateur scouting as well, to go all the way back to that draft and, and what they saw in him when he was actually dropping in the draft after being ranked in the top five most of the year. And, and they actually had a chance to get him at number 16. But, I remember when he signed that deal that you're talking about. I, I was in Detroit to cover a game, and he was just coming back from an injury. And they signed him to this lengthy deal, and people thought they were insane. But now when you look at this deal with what he's doing, he's be- clearly become one of the top defensemen in the league. He's there in points. He's there in goals. And if you, if you like analytics, expected goals is one of the best analytics out there. And Jacob Chikrin is either number one or number two in that category right now. So he is driving offense. He's doing a lot of good things for them. When you look at that contract now, I mean, we've talked about some of the best contracts in the league. Duncan Keith had it for a while. Um, Roman Yossi had it for a while. Jacob Chickren is probably in that class now, where he's going to be a bargain contract for a long time.
1: Yeah, and you know, we were talking about this at the game last night. The crazy thing is, he's only 22 years old. Usually, defensemen don't even really find their footing in the NHL till they're you know maybe 22, 23. He stepped in as an 18-year-old in his draft year and was already getting valuable experience. And now, I mean, $4.6 million, I don't know how to put that in perspective if, if anybody's not a huge hockey fan, but that is an absolute steal for a guy that looks like a number one defenseman right now.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. And it, you look, you, you, I, I, I talked a lot about his offense, and, and we've all seen that. That's the easiest thing to watch. But his defensive details have, have improved so much, and he'll be the first to admit that there's there's room for growth there, but... He's very aggressive at closing guys out. We've seen that big sweep check with the stick that that seems to neutralize a lot of players. He's just doing a lot of good things on the ice. and I mean, you look at the minutes, you look at the situations he's playing now, it's clear that they are putting their trust in him as their number one guy.
1: Yeah, there was a play last night where he was below the Colorado net, and because of his speed and just positioning, he was able to get back and prevent any sort of... He ended up forcing an offside on Colorado the other way because he recovers so quickly that he can take those offensive chances and I remember looking through scouting reports that year that was the year Austin Matthews went number one overall at the start of that that season leading into that draft Chikrin was projected to go two or three and a lot of those and then he, he dealt with the injuries and everything so the Coyotes got a steal there now on the other side of the the spectrum of players that they have signed for a while the one that's the most dangerous contract is certainly Clayton Keller. He's getting paid a lot more than Chikrin. He's a wing, which is not typically what you want to pay for. And he's been pretty inconsistent up until lately. So this season, Craig, I would say it's it's a nice trend for the Coyotes that the guy who got paid is getting better instead of kind of just sitting back and collecting money.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's, there's more that, that Clayton Keller can do. And I, I do think playing with some others is helping his offense. But he's doing a lot of things that you'd like to see. He's got 16 points I believe in his past 15 games. So from a productivity level, that's what you're looking for from a guy who's getting paid that kind of money. You have to produce on the score sheet when you're a player like Clayton Keller and for a good stretch now, a consistent stretcher, he's been doing that. Can he sustain it for the rest of the season? We'll see, but this is this is probably the most promising stretch in his NHL career that I can remember it's really him taking it by the horns and and showing up and and producing on on a consistent basis and some of the things that you're seeing from him I really like some of the the plays that he's making in the offensive zone where he can come out of the corners and as Rick Tockett put it roll high and, and make a play find a guy and create really dangerous scoring chances and a lot of those are coming in crunch time too so it's a good sign for, for a guy from which they obviously need a whole lot.
1: Yeah, that was definitely the deal that worried me the most. And, you know, look, he's being paid $7.2 million a year, basically. So even even the pace he's producing at this season, they probably, like you said, need more from him. But it, this is at least a big step in the right direction. Uh, Craig, last one for you. Oliver Eckman Larson missed 10 games this season but Rick Tockett made a point of of how much they need offense from the blue line earlier this year. And in 15 games, OEL does have 11 points. What have you seen from number 23?
4: Still too much inconsistency. There are nights like last night where you see the value that he can bring when he's on top of his game. I thought he was good on both ends of the ice. He obviously had that big play getting a puck to the net for the goal, um, uh, Johan Larson. but they need to see it more consistently from him. They need him to be more dynamic along the blue line, walking the blue line, getting shots through. And, and they can't afford some of the defensive miscues that we've seen from Oliver, whether it's, you know, a mental mistake or a technique mistake. He's just had too many of those. Um, and look, I know it, it, ultimately you get judged because of your pay sometimes, but he's also the captain of this team. He can't be making those sort of mistakes. So I think they're looking for more consistency from OEL. Yep.
1: Craig Morgan, great stuff as always. You can find his stuff on azcoyotesinsider.com. And nobody knows more about the Coyotes than Craig Morgan. You can also find him on the Natural Trick podcast with me it's a good show you should listen to it craig thanks a lot man thanks luke take care yep that's craig morgan joining us on the coulter automotive group sports line uh, coulter cadillac tempe experience the difference visit coultercadillactempe.com. that is our number one of the show Hour number two coming up next starting with the reload it is the rundown with luke lipinski on 98 7 fm arizona sports station
0: Arizona's Sports Station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload.
1: Hour number two of the show live from the Auction Community Studios. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. It is the Rundown Reload, and we begin the reload with the news today that the Arizona Cardinals not going to be franchising Hassan Reddick. Not a shock, but... Tag day was today, and um at ESPN's Adam Schefter had the tweet earlier in the day, right around one o'clock, that uh, the Cardinals linebacker Hassan Reddick, who had a team high 12 and a sacks and 16 quarterback hits last season, was informed he will not be tagged per source, and then Hassan Reddick tweeted out, What's next? I would have to lean towards him not being back, right? I mean. This is one of those situations where. I fully believe that the Cardinals would like to have him back. But you got 31 other teams. Somebody's probably going to overpay for him. And I mean that with, with all due respect to Hassan Redick. I'm pulling for the guy. I don't think he was given the best chance to succeed his first few years here. This past season, we finally got some continuity from, from the previous year to this year. He got to play the position he's supposed to play. Uh, he... Reinforced that this is the position he's supposed to play because he played it pretty well. Finishes the year with 12 and a half sacks. I mean, that wasn't that far off the NFL sack lead. And he stepped up in a big way when Chandler Jones went down. But they just added J.J. Watt. Franchise tag would have meant you're paying him almost $16 million, right in that range. And 12 and a half sacks is great. Five of them came in one game against the Giants and a rookie offensive lineman that he just abused that whole game. So... You can see why the Cardinals would be
2: hesitant to drastically overpay him. It's, and, yeah, it's not like they don't like him, right? It's probably just basically a money thing. Yeah, it has to be. The Texans are going to look at his 12 and a half sacks <laughs> and just look at the number, and they're going to give him money. And
1: then they're going to go to Deshaun Watson and be like,
2: look, we brought this guy in at 12 and a half look, sacks. A, a piece. And, and he'll be like, I can't throw to him unless we're converting <laughs> him to tight end. Which well, it's just the Texans, so who knows?
1: Uh, I heard
2: Burns and Gambo today.
1: Gambo was saying that he sees this potentially as a situation where Reddick hits the market, does not get the money he thinks he's going to get. Um, I would, I would say it's thirty-one other teams, man. Like I just, I feel like one or two of them will be like what you just said, Bear. Twelve and a half sacks. Oh yeah, here you go. Here's you know eleven million. Here's twelve million. Whatever. And the Cardinals aren't gonna; they're not gonna pay that. So um, that's why I would lean towards him being gone. But like you said, and I completely agree, I think they do want him back. It's just they can't pay him that much because they don't. <laughs> By the way, are we ever gonna find out if Larry Fitzgerald's coming back? <laughs> Since this is past when I thought. I thought we were gonna this find out. This would be on March the total
2: 2nd. way, though, that he would retire, right? Yeah, just, just never just tell anybody. Never tell anybody, and then we'll see on the NFL transaction wire that he filed for. His retirement papers or whatever it is. I guess... Oh, look. He retired. <laughs> in theory, if he was coming back,
1: he doesn't really have to announce he's coming back, right? I mean, I guess they would announce we signed him they, to a Yeah, deal.
2: they would have to announce they signed him to a new deal because he's, fr- he, he's a free agent. And I know that He they, doesn't retire. They would obviously love to announce that if they were signing him. They would want all the publicity in the world, but I mean... But it's gone past, way past, I feel like, that when he usually lets oh, everybody yeah. know... We're not. I mean, we're coming up on... I mean, the Cardinals could know. Who knows, you know? Well, that that's, I guess, <laughs> what I'm getting <laughs> you at. You see how many times i said no and once and... No. No, you know. You know. You know. You know. Uh, I just, I wonder... They if- don't know that we know that they know.
1: But do you know that they don't know that we know that they know? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like at it, 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 some You point- hear that?
2: That's the ratings going up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel like at some point they have to be aware of what he's doing, even if it's just behind the scenes, or at least which way he's leaning because free agency's coming up and they got to know how they're spending their money. Um, I don't think Hassan Reddick was a priority in terms of, are you going to pay Reddick? Are you going to pay Patrick Peterson? They, they need Peterson more than they need Reddick, especially now that you have JJ Watt and you get Chandler Jones back. Like Reddick would definitely be a nice luxury item to have, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that. If you are a big Hassan Reddick and Cardinals fan, Today was probably a step back from what you uh what you're hoping for. D-Backs lost today 11 to 4 in Cactus League play to the Colorado Rockies. They will get the LA Dodgers in Glendale tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Um now Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver, this will be his third season with the D-Backs. His first season, so the season that he came over in the trade. For Paul Goldschmidt with Carson Kelly, both Weaver and Carson Kelly were, were really good. Weaver had a sub three ERA and then he got hurt, and uh, that was by far the best season of his career. Now it's you know you wonder was that the outlier? Can he get back to that? They don't need him to be a number one guy. They need Madison Bumgarner to be a number one guy. But if you go Bumgarner one, Gallon two, and I could absolutely see a scenario where that is the rotation, but Gallon's actually the better pitcher. But still, you know, if, if those two guys pitch like at least number two pitchers, you know you can kind of go down the rotation a little bit before you're counting on Weaver. But you're, you're going to need him to to contribute. And today, give up three home runs over three innings. Uh, Carson Kelly did homer. Christian Walker homered. It's
2: spring training. I'm More like Christian Walker. Oh, uh-huh. see what well, you did uh, there. It's going to be a thing. That's is it really? I don't know. We'll see. I feel like it's going to be. I'll one keep those tweeting it and see what happens. <laughs> yep. Twitter will shut hey, you down. I'm going to need Christian Walker. If you're listening to this show, I'm going to need you to homer a lot this year so I can keep tweeting it.
1: I thought you were going to ask him to change his Twitter handle to Christian Walker.
2: Ooh, yes, that too.
1: I think that would probably get it going more than you. But I need to be credited. I well, need yeah. to be credited in the Twitter bio every time he needs to tag you. It's, it's only right. Uh, ASU basketball. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Woo! One, I want to get excited. I have said this on the show before. ASU basketball is always going to hold a special place in my heart because the first broadcasting I ever did was play-by-play of an ASU basketball game for the Blaze radio station on campus. Yeah! and Shout uh, out to the Blaze. That's right. Love the Blaze. That's right, Blaze. Um, Blaze Nation. But, man. They are making it hard, the Sun Devils, to, to feel confident in their chances of making the tournament this year. They should make the tournament this year, but they are going to have to win out in the Pac-12 tournament to get there. They start tomorrow in the first round against Washington State. ASU the 8th seed, Washington State the nine seed. And ASU is going to be playing without Marcus Bagley with an ankle issue or without Josh Christopher with a back issue. And if I'm reading it right, they're not playing at all in the Pac-12 tournament. It's not just Tomorrow. So, Seriously? that's That
2: was how I Jeez. read the story. We have, it,
1: we have it up on, uh, on ArizonaSports.com right now. We have ASU will be without freshman duo in the Pac-12 tournament. So who knows? Maybe they get the Sunday or whatever. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, maybe they get the Saturday. I just did some counting to four on the air. Hopefully nobody heard that. Uh, maybe, that's the ratings going down. Did you hear that? <laughs> that's people being like, this guy can't even count to four. What am I listening to? Um, if they don't have those two guys... And they don't. I don't know how you're going to rattle off four straight wins. I mean, we just the, the the frustration with this team is on paper. You came into this season with Remy Martin coming back, who, by the way, was all pack 12 first team today. Uh, but then you brought in Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley. And you had other pieces, too. But I just focused on those two guys because they were every 2021 NBA mock draft before this college basketball season had both those guys in the first round. Most of them at the start of the season, so you know Thanksgiving, had Christopher as a lottery pick and Bagley just outside the lottery, and then like a couple weeks in, it kind of flipped and Bagley was a lottery pick and Christopher was kind of dropping a little bit.
5: But I mean, we're just we've
1: never seen this team play this season for more than a a game or two in a row at full strength, and I know they're not the only team across the country dealing with that. But man, it it, they. Did not deal with it as well as I'm sure they would like. And they were hit harder than I feel like most teams. They just it's never had their team. And now they're not going to have their team for the Pac-12 tournament either. And that might be the end of their season. Unless Remy Martin and a couple other guys really take over. Uh, we talked to Craig Morgan last segment. But the Arizona Coyotes is going to be without Darcy Kemper. There's no timetable dealing with a lower body injury. He suffered last night against Colorado. I'm not a doctor, but... You know, watching the game, there was no contact on the play. Tyson Jost of Colorado was the only guy close. It really didn't look like anything there, though. So you just... uh, That's never a good sign, though, is it? That's the thing. We were looking at the replay, and I was looking for any contact. Like, I'm hoping he turns around and slashes him or something, but he didn't. So Craig, you know, last (laughs) segment said flat out that there is no set timetable, but it could be as soon as two weeks, maybe as long as four weeks. In a typical season... That hurts when it's your goalie, but it's you can manage that. The Coyotes managed being without Kemper for longer last year and still made the playoffs, but in a condensed season like this, where they are playing at least every other night, in a lot of cases three times in four nights, that's a lot of missed games. Now we'll see. Auntie Ranta has been a number one goalie before. When he's when he's when he's on the ice, you're confident in him. It's just a matter of can he. Can he consistently stay on the ice now for the next month? There's no better way to summarize it other than you tell me Auntie Ranta is starting tonight. They're not playing tonight, but I mean, if they were, okay, I'm confident. The Coyotes have a chance to win. If you tell me you need Auntie Ranta to start for the next three weeks, I'm just not confident he's going to be able to start that many. But when he plays, I'm very confident in him. Beat Colorado last night, and he came in in a very tough spot because Colorado is maybe the best team in hockey they're certainly one of them their record doesn't show it yet but it will by the end of the season and Ronta didn't start the game he came in cold in in the middle of the third period basically it was two and a half minutes into the third period but I mean everybody else on the ice had been playing for an hour and a half he had to step in cold you don't get warm-ups in that spot and uh, he pitched a shutout from there on the game was tied and, uh, and the Coyotes ultimately won so I mean on the ice as long as you can keep them out there they can they can handle this better than most teams but, man, you lose your best player for a month in a condensed season, it's going to be a challenge. And uh, finally, NBA, the season resumes tomorrow. Just a couple games. The Phoenix Suns resume play Thursday night in Portland. Of course, the Suns 24-11 and this season. And on a 16-3 and run going into the All-Star break after they started the season 8-8. and All right, we come back. We're going to hear from DJ Humphreys. He was on with Doug and Wolf this morning. Get his thoughts on the expectations now for the Cardinals with J.J. Watt and what's going to happen here in the next month and a half with free agency in the draft. That is next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: Ah, we haven't done this in a while. It's time for a round of... We haven't done anything in a while. That's true. Uh, well, Well, so we haven't done this in an especially long time. It's time for a round of fill in the blank. This is very simple, in theory. I have a sentence. I'll say it to Cody, but a word's missing. Cody has to quickly respond with what that word should be, and then we'll just go back and forth and for a while, and then there will be commercials. That's how. It, that's usually how it plays out. And that's how a radio show yes. works. and this will be Kids. transmitted to you throughout the air as uh, magic. That's how radio works right there. Uh, okay, that'd actually be really cool. It would be cool. Maybe that's what's happening. We don't know. We're not scientists. So I'm going to go first. And you know what, Bear? I'll start you off because I, I can I can just sense you are in a baseball frame of mind. Oh, really? This is the, mo- the- if I can <laughs> Rule number one, you have to read the sentence the right way. Okay. Blank is the most overrated team in baseball.
2: Ooh, overrated. Overrated. That's difficult. I know we're not supposed to think about it. Well, I'll,
1: I'll give you on this one because, I mean, there's you got to go through all the teams. It's like a beautiful mind
2: right now. I'm tempted just to say the Phillies because they have the most overrated player in baseball on their team. Okay. And his name is Bryce Harper. Has that, Jarrett tried to trade you him in our baseball league yet? Because he's tried to trade everybody else. Jarrett's sure. tried to trade. I need a second round pick of mine. You can't have it. <laughs> no. All
1: right, but, so you're going Phillies? <laughs>
2: I don't even think they're they're even the second best team in that division, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. That's really difficult. I mean, I'm mm. trying to think who else has like tremendous expectations. The Yankees have expectations every year because they're the Yankees. That's a good team, though. Yeah.
1: Um. In the West, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll accept the Phillies as an answer. There are no the wrong. Pa- answers you could
2: argue the Padres right now because we haven't really seen what they're going to do. It's true. So many ways you could go with this answer. Yeah. I'm going to mark you down for Philly. What would you say?
1: Um, This isn't about me. (laughs) Uh, The Phillies would actually be pretty high up there. Um, Maybe the Mets, because I haven't seen it yet, although I do think they'll be
2: good. Yeah, one of those two teams. Yeah, I was thinking the Mets, too. But even then, I mean, they didn't add, like, a whole new team. No, like but I mean... Padres did. Yeah, that's true. But I
1: mean, just by the nature of being in New York, <laughs> they're getting a ton of hype. And, and I mean, they, they should have a decent roster. But uh, where did they finish last year? They were a solid 26-34. So <laughs> awful. Uh, one game ahead of the Diamondbacks, and yet people are, are loving the
2: Mets. All right, uh, your turn. All right. we You kind of touched on it just a couple minutes ago. I feel like we've reached a really weird point in the will Larry Fitzgerald retire department. So I'll just ask you to predict Larry Fitzgerald will blank By the time next season starts I'm just, That could be anything still,
1: Well, I mean, travel the world Well, I guess he can't, huh? Nope Well, uh-uh. I don't know what he's going to do I'll, I'm still going to lean retire The J.J. Watt thing Which we haven't got to talk about on this show um, He hasn't been here that one really complicates things because my initial reaction was okay they signed J.J. Watt they know Fitz isn't coming back that's where they got the money from but then you start to hear some rumblings of like Carson Palmer on Doug and Wolf saying uh, well I mean if Watt's coming here why would Fitz want to leave this is his best chance to make the playoffs in in the last five years I'm I'm still going to say he will retire I'm not so sure I would if I was him at this point but that'll be my answer Okay, for you, we'll go. We'll stick with football. Doesn't matter what team he's on. Hassan Reddick will finish next season with blank sacks. Twelve and a half this year. Five of them came in one game. I will say
2: seven sacks. Yeah, I think I think he's a good player. Um. It really, wherever he goes, it depends on where they play him because we saw how that turned out here. Yeah. They finally realize, hey, he's an edge guy in the last year of his contract, and then he gets 12 and a half sacks. So that that all depends. But I don't know if he is 12 and a half sacks, like if that's a like a baseline for him. Yeah. I'll go with seven. I think if I was setting
1: an over-under for next season, I would set it at eight and a half. I think that's a fair number, but he's got to be really careful to make sure he picks the right team because
2: he, prior to this season, it's a a lot about scheme for him, I feel like. And I think it probably
1: is for a lot of players, but he had seven and a half sacks in his entire career before this season like that is seriously crazy. yeah wow he had one last year and holy for the crap for two and a half is a rookie. wow so yeah i would set it at eight and a half but i mean a lot of that does depend for him on what team he goes to
2: all right uh dak prescott is uh getting paid 75 million dollars in the first year of his new contract you would do blank with 75 million dollars Oh,
1: I would not pay Dak Prescott <laughs> to pay to play for my football team. Seventy-five million dollars. Um, let's see. A New house. Um, the, the biggest thing to me is I would travel a lot, but I can't right now. Like nobody can travel. So I guess right now I would just uh, I don't know put it all in red and spin the wheel. See what happens. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I can't travel, I'll either have 150 million dollars when I can travel,
2: or zero million. Give my wife and I a couple new cars and a new house. Yeah, and then I'll invest the rest or something. I mean, a couple new cars and a new house—you'd still have 73
1: million. Oh. <laughs> like, isn't oh. that crazy? You don't know what kind of house. <laughs> That's true. Or what kind of cars? Maybe you drive like a house car. Um, a house, car, yes, some sort
2: of new. I'll invention. buy a house, boat. How oh, about that? Man. Well, that see, if you're gonna start buying yachts, you'll start eating through that <laughs> money pretty quickly. <laughs> um, buy Jerry Jones's yacht, a <laughs> thing worth like a billion dollars, probably. Stupid. He's annoying. I hope
1: the Cowboys win two. He games is next so year. annoying. Ugh. Uh, the current player you'd most like to see in the dunk contest is blank.
2: Ooh, that's a good question.
1: I, I only mean, ask good questions.
2: I would like to see LeBron do it at least once before he retires. But as years go by, I mean, every, I mean, everyone says, oh, he might slow down. But then he goes out and he's a really good in-game dunker. I don't know how good he would be in the dunk contest. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I'd probably say LeBron just to say LeBron finally did the dunk contest. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the right answer. I'm trying to think there aren't like... I mean, I would love to see Zach Levine in another dunk contest. He's... that That's probably my favorite dunk contest that I've seen live. Yeah. Is the Aaron Gordon, Aaron Zach Gordon, Levine. Aaron Gordon that was, was really so good fun. in
1: that dunk contest.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> I don't like U of A. I think that's pretty obvious. He somehow
2: didn't win, like... He had the most creative dunks, I feel like, and Zach Levine just jumped from the free throw line twice, which is amazing too.
1: There's that picture of Aaron Gordon from that contest where he's dunking and like his ankle's almost hitting the <laughs> rim, man. Like, I mean, when I when I was when you were talking about LeBron, honestly, my second choice is kind of because I'm with you on LeBron just because we've never seen it. Aaron Gordon
2: might be my second yeah. choice. Zion would be interesting, but I don't know that he's... Zion, to me, is more compelling to watch in the game. As a... Zion is just a hard, fierce dunker. Like, he wants to rip the rim off the backboard. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know about,
1: like, in terms of trick dunks. I would like to see the dunk contest get back to where it was when, like, Gordon and, and Levine were doing it even. where we're... I mean, now it's just three guys. One of them is named Kasha Stanley. <laughs> and uh Anthony simons
2: uh, yeah who tried to kiss the rim and chickened out yeah he could have done it I, f- I feel like watching it in slow motion based on this picture i'm looking at right here that would hurt That's, uh, yeah <laughs> if you messed that up that hurts uh okay your turn uh okay so sticking with basketball blake griffin signed with the nets over the weekend and Everyone's freaking out about how this makes them uh, makes the Nets a no-brainer win the title, which I don't get at all, because have you seen Blake Griffin play basketball this year? No. He sucks. He's so bad. Anyway, <laughs> Blank is the best washed-up star on a new team that compares to Blake Griffin. Whoa, hold on. The best washed-up like, star? Like, the best comparison, because I feel like he's washed up. Ooh. Does it have to be NBA? No it does not and this is gonna be, I,
1: I'm, I'm thinking it's gotta be this is a tough one to come up with off the top of my head probably like
2: Le'Veon bell huh yeah Le'Veon bell that's gonna be my answer my the reason i asked is because one of my friends asked this to our group chat i said ken griffey jr on the white Sox. oh you're
1: going all time okay yeah okay. yeah i forgot look Man, Griffey was like my favorite player of Me too. I, I forgot he was on the White Sox.
2: I loved Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, I played that Nintendo 64 game all the time. Loved that <laughs> game. And then I, they tra- I remember they traded him to the White Sox, the Reds, and I'm like,
0: ugh. Yeah.
2: Even Griffey on the Reds is weird. It is. And he was there for a long time. He he was. But, man, White Sox, I didn't even feel like he was on that <laughs> team.
1: Half the time, I have to remember the White Sox are in the league, and they're a good team. Uh, okay, I got one more okay. for you. Take this whatever direction you want to take it. The Suns should do blank at the trade deadline. Mm. So that could be, well, I mean, I'm just going to throw out words. That could be nothing. That could be everything. That could be get a backup <laughs>
2: point guard. That could be get front court depth. That could be hide. I think they probably need a backup center. Okay. Um, but then again, Frank Kaminsky's done well. Dario Saric is doing well. But neither of them are centers, and they do, I think, still have that open roster spot. So okay. I would say, if anything, a backup big man. Okay.
1: That was fill-in-the-blank. blank we we'll are come back and hear from Jeremy Fowler next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on
5: 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Doug and Wolf. I think Cliff is on the hot seat. I don't know if anybody else does. I look at this team and I feel like there's an all-in mentality for 2021.
6: We're going to see the rest of this week a lot of veterans that are going to be cut loose. And I'm talking about really good veterans.
0: Doug and Wolf. Mornings. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Dell's semi-annual
4: sale is the perfect opportunity for a significant business upgrade. Save up to 45% on dell computers built for business and powered by intel core processors plus enjoy special pricing on dell docs monitors servers and more all with easy financing options through dell financial services speak to a dell technologies advisor today to find the right tech for your business with fast free shipping call 877-ASK-DELL again that's 877-ASK-DELL Nate here, owner of
1: Blue Sky Pest Control. Don't wait. Now is the perfect time to stop bugs and pests in their tracks. Our highly trained technicians follow CDC guidelines to help keep you safe while treating your home before bugs can multiply in and around your house. Call Blue Sky Pest Control today for $50 off an initial pest control service when jumping onto any Blue Sky 365 pest control program. Go to blueskypest.com or call 602-BLUE-SKY. Better technicians, better service. That's Blue Sky Pest Control. Get
5: 2021 started in a way you've never imagined. By saving hundreds of dollars a month. Call Ideal Home Loans, 602-899-7000. If you're paying mortgage insurance, there's a good chance Ideal Home Loans can find a way you don't have to pay it. Now that cost is gone for you every month. Or some of you can refinance and save $100, $150, maybe even $200 every month. Imagine having an extra $2,000 a year because of one phone call. 602-899-7000. Others of you, maybe you want to charge ahead. How do you do that? Call Ideal Home Loans. Change your 30-year mortgage into a 15-year mortgage, and you'll be shocked. Most of you won't have to change your monthly payment because rates are that low. Who's the best at handling it? Ideal Home Loans, 602-899-7000, or go to IdealHomeLoans.com. Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS, 136756, Arizona License, BK0937007. For terms and conditions, call 844-45-IDEAL.
7: Hi, I'm Ron Hess, inviting you to the new Window Depot Superstore. Not only will you find great deals on windows and doors, now the Window Depot has everything you need for your kitchen remodel, starting with a huge selection of in-stock cabinets and custom cabinetry in a variety of colors and styles. Consider us a utility player for home improvement. Our countertops, flooring, and tiles will complete your project. Score with the best prices and biggest inventory. Windows, doors, cabinets, and floors, they're all at The Window Depot. Visit TheWindowDepot.com.
6: A sedentary lifestyle has been linked to weight gain, weaker bones, increased risk of chronic diseases, not to mention added negative stress to the spine, which can create dysfunction. If you find yourself experiencing ongoing back or neck pain or chronic pain, it might be time to seek chiropractic care. Chiropractic care can help some patient's find that pain relief. Go to thejoint.com for the joint chiropractic. That's thejoint.com for the joint chiropractic. You're back, baby.
0: Hi, I'm Mark Breyer.
7: And I'm Alexis Breyer.
2: We're the husband and wife law team. A healthy community is, of course, top priority for us, but we are really concerned about people missing legal deadlines for their personal injury claim.
1: Right now seems like the worst time to try to talk about deadlines and injury claims and all the
8: normal world issues that are not what is really surrounding us and what we're concerned with. Unfortunately, though the courts have largely closed down and jury trials have mostly stopped, not just here but around the
3: country, short legal deadlines continue. So we have developed a way to make sure that
1: anyone who needs us can reach out to us and talk to us for a free consultation and even start their case from their own home with something as simple as their own phone, FaceTime, or using Zoom, or any different technology that makes your life easier and allows you to get the first step done without ever leaving your house.
2: You can call us now and start your case from home. You can give us a call at 602-240-5000 or visit us at husbandandwifelawteam.com. We're here to help.
0: It's The Rundown. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
1: All right, Luke Lipinski back here with you. NFL free agency is not too far away. Jeremy Fowler, BSPN, was on with Bickley Murata this afternoon.
8: Got to start with the the big news from yesterday: the Dak Prescott signing, uh, just breaking the bank in Dallas. And I know there's, you know, criticism uh, mostly being lobbed towards Dallas for waiting a year and maybe driving up the price tag on the Dak Prescott deal. What was your overall uh, thought on, on that deal and the size of it?
6: Well, I couldn't believe they did it. I know they've been saying they're going to do it for two years, but the fact that it hadn't got done yet um, was was just sort of. Um, indicative of his difficult market. You know, I, I think he, it was obvious that Dak wasn't a, a top-five quarterback at the time they started discussions. So I, they were hesitant to pay him big money, but then once he got all the leverage with two franchise tags, it just changed things, so they had to make a decision. Do we pay him $40 million a year, or do we walk away? Uh, and they decided Dak was worth that, um, or at least that's what the market did say that he was worth And So I, I think a lot of people around the league were skeptical this would get done because, Uh, just the the pure uh, insane leverage that Prescott had here almost unprecedented and so that's what put it to the finish line.
8: Yeah insane leverage is a great way to put it and that is the market that he was able to get but when you wash away all the dollar signs, Jeremy, where do you put Dak Prescott on a packing order of the the best quarterbacks in football?
6: I I put him at like fringe top 10 Um, you know talking to a lot of people around the league especially this summer I did a Project on the on the top ten at each position, and he was he was right at ten, I believe nine or ten, and uh, you know very good player, but more of a second tier quarterback. And but you know, look, he stood the test of time. You know, he's had a better career than Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, guys that got paid in front of him and got picked in front of him in that draft five years ago. So, uh, you know, he's, he's got room to grow for sure, and he's got they should have a really good team this year. All
7: right, Jerry, what do you think about, uh, let's move on to Desha- Deshaun Watson now, because this is going to be the big piece that either is traded or isn't traded. Um, wh- what do you make of where this whole thing is going?
6: So, you know, it, it's fascinating because both sides are at a standoff. And Deshaun Watson is saying, or at least he's saying privately, that they're not, uh, he's not going to play games for them if they're not going to trade him. And the Texans are saying, this is a non-starter. We're not going to trade him. So something has to give. A lot of people think around, you know, some people I've talked to around the league think that around draft time, this could heat up or a team says, hey, look, take a whole draft, take two whole drafts, whatever it takes. Let's just get this done. Um, but the Nick Casario factor can't be ignored. The new GM comes from the Patriots school. Um, you know, he's not the type to really, you know, he, he, from what I hear is the type to really drown out the noise and dig in and say, This is my plan. I'm not moving off it. So it, it might even take ownership to step in and say, Hey, we got to trade this guy if it comes to that.
8: Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, senior NFL reporter, our guest here on the Coulter Automotive Group Sportsline. Another quarterback situa- a situation we've been monitoring because he's uh, in the division with uh, the hometown Arizona Cardinals is the Russell Wilson situation. Uh, silence from Russell Wilson at this point after he went on his Super Bowl media tour. Not much in terms of reaction from Seattle. I mean, how, how do you gauge the possibility of Russell Wilson being a former Seahawk uh, in, in the very near future, Jeremy?
6: I, I still think there's a strong chance that he stays there because it just doesn't make sense for them to move him on a $39 million dead cap hit, um, knowing that the team's on his list teams he would prefer to be traded to don't have obvious quarterback solutions for them. They don't have a top 10 draft pick. So it makes it difficult. Um, You know, that said, it's tenuous there. Like there's definitely tension that's been growing. They need to have a good talk to figure this out. I think Russell wants to come back to Seattle, but only on the right terms. You know, he wants better protection up front, better chance to win a Super Bowl, And so uh, if he doesn't feel like they're going that direction, he could be, um, you know, I, I don't think a trade request is off the table at this point, yeah. at least down the road.
7: Yeah, you know, and, and I'm really curious about some of Russell's actions, and I'm curious what you think about him. First of all, by releasing whoever released it, by releasing the four teams you want to go to. Those cities currently have quarterbacks who occupy those jobs. And so now you're like putting it out there that, hey, I'm willing to come take your job, uh, Dak Prescott or Derek Carr. And I don't know if that's a breach of etiquette. And then there's also the idea that he's outing all of his teammates in his organization for his lack of championship rings. Does he? It sounds to me like he's going to have some PR crises wherever he ends up.
6: For sure, I think he's got some damage to repair in his own locker room a little bit. Now he's he's earned the right to speak up and speak out, and I, you know, there's something to be said for putting his name on it too. He's publicly said these things. You know, That's he's true. not hiding from it. Um, but you know, he probably would have to have a good talk with his offensive line and say, "Hey, look, I believe in you guys." You know, um, and uh, if he goes elsewhere, he wouldn't have as much repair to do because they'd just be happy to have him. Yeah. And uh, you know, as we're seeing with some of these new contracts. He's at $35 million a year, and that might be a bargain here soon. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't get the sense that any of those teams are making moves right now, except for maybe the Bears. I do think they'll give it a hard try, but I don't think they have enough to give because Seattle, makes that kind of move, would need a clear quarterback replacement, and the Bears can't offer that.
8: Yeah, another team that was on Russell Wilson's uh, infamous list now, of course, the New Orleans Saints, and we all expected when the offseason started, Jeremy, for Drew Brees to just write off into the sunset, but here we are in the second week of March and he hasn't done that yet. Are are you starting to get the inkling that Drew Brees is going to give it one more go?
6: Not yet. I mean, I still think the plan is for for him to move on. I mean, they've restructured his contract so many times that he's due a base salary of like a million dollars. Um, which he obviously wouldn't play on. But, I, you know, I can't imagine him. we his deal again. I think things are structured the way they were mm-hmm. for him to ride off. And then he has voidable moves on his contract and to make a motion of his contract. So, you know, I, I think we're looking at James Winston. I'd um, like him to return. So I, I do think that's a viable option. we still got Taysom Hill. So they're going to ride this out and just see uh, see what they can do with it.
7: All right. Um, I'm curious if are you convinced Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall quarterback? Most are, but Chris Sims notably is not, and I, I'm just curious if there's more there's more to that than than I might have expected.
6: So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty convinced. Yes, uh, Urban Meyer has long coveted Trevor Lawrence, even dating back to a few years ago. He just thought the guy was so impressive watching him live. And uh, so, you know, I think that's a big part of why he took the job. Uh, that said, you know, if, if Houston said, hey, we'll only make this move for Trevor Lawrence and they give him to Sean Watson, that changes things. But I think, the, he, he, you know, Urban's a smart guy. He was, he was only going to take the perfect situation. And in Jacksonville, even though they don't have a culture of winning, you can start that culture with, you know, a lot of cap space, uh, some good young players, and a clear-cut path to not only a good quarterback but a guy on a cheap rookie deal. So that gives him three years to really develop a culture there, and I think that's what he's betting on.
8: Speaking with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Uh, locally, a couple guys that have been in Cardinal uniforms for a really long time might not be back. We know Larry Fitzgerald pondering uh, retirement. Patrick Peterson, the other one, he spent his entire career here hitting the market for for the first time. What do you make uh, of the market for Patrick Peterson, considering his you know perceived drop off in skill? Uh, where do you think might be a fit for him?
6: Well, he for me a fit is going somewhere where he can be kind of a veteran leader. Um, you know, Las Vegas comes to mind. They're a team that I think will go after a veteran corner. I know they're talking to AJ Bowie. Mm-hmm. That's an option, but you know, I could see Peterson there as well. Um, you know, thirty years old. A little bit of a diminished skill set, but he's, you know, he, he's not ancient. I mean, he's still got a couple good years left. So I, th- I don't think he'll be top of the market cornerback. I think he'll be somewhere in that $10 million range. And, um, he'll go to a contender. I'm, I'm almost positive of that. I mean, I, I think that that's going to be the goal, or at least a team that is showing enough promise to compete in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, NFL free agency officially beginning March 17th. That was ESPN's Jeremy Fowler on with Bickley and Murata. And that's going to do it for us here tonight. Thanks to Cody Fincher behind the glass. I'm Luke Lipinski. we will be back again tomorrow. This has been The Rundown on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.